0: You are listening to the award-winning The Young Jerks with Mike Crawford. Young Jerks, it's Mike Crawford. I'm kind of pumped up tonight. I'm just uh, in a weird situation. I had a weird day. What what an awful intro I'm going to do for you guys. I'm going to say I can't talk about it, but I'm pumped. I'm pumped up. I'm very appreciative of where I am right now. And this show and this mission, too. Uh, We got some great guests tonight. I want to make sure that we thank Saskia Van James for organizing the phenomenal event that we did that I feel like changed my perspective uh, on some things related to what we've been covering and doing on this show. It was a great town hall. Not a lot of people, but enough and the right people. And uh, just great to hear from people briefly and get to meet some new people and do some organizing. A lot of things are happening. We're going to talk about that tonight on the show tonight. Uh, We're hoping to post some of your comments. I'm looking forward to talking to people tonight. Uh, Again, I want to thank Saskia, Van James. Support their group, Mass Consumers. Find the Patreon. It's patreon.com slash m slash m. Ma consumers support them. I'm a Patreon supporter of theirs. Uh, I also want to thank uh, everyone who showed up for that town hall, uh, the forum that we did just uh, a couple weeks ago. It was really a good event, and uh, a lot I think is going to come from that. There's so much I want to say tonight, but we also put in the preview tonight. You might have uh, noted that we also put up that we're announcing our big event again this will be our second award show if you were at the first award show or you maybe heard about it maybe saw about it after and wish you had gone this is your opportunity because the first one was kind of almost legendary it was just thrown together the best people showed up we had politicians there we had we had a lot of important influential awesome people both from the cannabis uh you know, seen the cannabis industry, the cannabis activism, and a lot of uh, politicians as well. At the first one, I would expect more of the same. But this time, the theme is for the workers. This is the worker awards. The young jerks. We're going to honor the workers. We're going to honor honor. <laughs> let me speak right. Honor, Lorna McMurray. We're going to honor a bunch of workers. Uh, I'll give you some news that we haven't even dropped yet. We are definitely looking for sponsors, the right sponsors for it. We uh, probably already have a couple and we're expecting a lot of fun with this event, but a couple of things I'll leak tonight that haven't been announced. uh, I can tell you where the location is. It's going to be at Davis square. It's a great uh, spot. It's a theater in Davis square uh, that we have booked. Um, Oh my God. I'm, I'm forgetting the name of it right now. It used to be called something else, so that's why I'm like, it's funny. We'll we'll drop the name tonight, too. I'll just tease you a little bit. But I will say that we all are already, one, you know, you can count on us to announce some of the folks that will be there speaking. There's going to be a lot happening around that as we roll out the promotion of it. And, you know, we haven't even sold tickets yet. You're the first to know. We're letting you know that we're doing this event. Number one, it's May 7th. Sunday night, May seventh, Davis Square, Somerville, and one of the first people that we have confirmed is Danny Carson uh, is going to be there. The True Leaf worker who is friends of Lorna McMurray. Uh, so that's our first announcement. I guess we'll leave it leave it at that right now because we have a guest waiting. We have a couple guests. Danny's waiting, standing by. He's going to be on the show tonight. But we also have another guest that I really wanted to get on the show tonight. And you might have noticed uh, we posted some things on our social media. I apologize, I screwed up on some of them. Some I said were uh, Curaleaf Leaf when they were actually True Leaf. Uh, we posted something, uh, you know, OSHA, basically, uh, you know, information uh, from OSHA uh, about incidents and and basically uh, incidents that they were fined on Curaleaf and True Leaf. Uh, one was in Amesbury, Massachusetts, and the other one was in Pennsylvania with True Leaf. And uh, I did mix them up, and I apologize. I'm going to try to fix that later. Uh, so my first guest was very gracious to let me know about that. So I want to bring her up. I know she's uh, standing by right now, but I want to make sure I get the introduction right because this is important, you know, what we're talking about. And we've got a bunch of programming scheduled. Next Sunday night, we're going to have another show that I want to talk about as well and some folks that are coming on. But I wanted to just make sure I get this introduction right, because we have Liz that I'm going to bring up right now. She is a health and safety professional, and she's an authorized OSHA outreach trainer. She has background in industrial safety, including experience as a health and safety manager at a Massachusetts cannabis operating facility. Uh, Liz is going to join us tonight to discuss, first of all, the hazards in the industry, which we often do talk about. But again, we find new ones all the time. We we posted some new ones today uh, that aren't necessarily what we're usually talk about, which is the asthma. Uh, number two, she, we're also going to talk to her about some safety resources that are available to workers right now, uh, and hopefully, we're going to put up a PDF from uh, some of those resources too, so people could see what we're talking about. And number three, we're going to talk about other states' requirements and some initiatives that Massachusetts should adopt to improve, improve worker safety in cannabis. And that's one of the reasons I'm pumped up tonight about this issue, continue to bring it to the forefront, but also greater solutions. I want to thank again Saskia Van James for the forum that she put on and kind of challenging uh, all of us. I think, you know, she brought it together three groups of people basically in that, in that room uh, last week. And it was, the growers, the consumers, and the workers. And it's time that we find simple joint solutions because it's all really the same problem. And in the end, it's not just about uh, trying to fix big cannabis, but fix the problem of big cannabis being the only game in town. I mean, so I'm really happy with what's happening now. But tonight, we're going to definitely kick it off with the occupational safety. And we're bringing up Liz right now, Liz, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, Mike. How are you?
0: Good. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing well. Thank you for having me here tonight.
0: Uh, Thank you for being here. Can you tell I'm a little fired up?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I can.
0: (laughs) It's funny. I I try to moderate myself, but uh, usually I'm very tired and trying to be more pumped up. But tonight I think I might have to bring it down a little bit because I am. I'm fired up tonight. How you feeling Liz
1: well i'm I'm happy to be here, and you know, I've been listening to your podcast since well your show. I listen to it as a podcast after it's live, but I've been listening since uh September when you first started covering uh, the death of Lorna and the tragedy that that happened a year ago now, actually, but you know, we didn't hear about it until. Last September, or at least I didn't for the first time. So I'm happy to be here. And you know, I have experience as a safety and health professional. Um, I've interacted with OSHA before in four different states. I'm just happy to be here and share whatever help I can, be a resource um, for workers in the industry or in the industry, by the way. but you know i I know about safety in the industry, and I'm happy to share whatever I can.
0: What what do you, you know, your experience, what are the hazards in the industry? What are, what are they?
1: Well, they're, you know, speaking not just in, in my experience, but the hazards could be, you know, mostly chemical safety, respirator safety. Um, The big ones are the right to know act and hazard communication. but it could be anything. I mean, physical hazards, chemical hazards, hazards could be invisible, like uh, gases in the air. You talk about um, carbon dioxide and ozone, I think they've been mentioned on your podcast, they've sorry, your show. Uh, those are two that you can't really see, but pretty much they're prominent in the industry. Um, Big time ergonomics, you know, you're working with chemicals, not always people know what they're working with. And um, chemicals and respirator safety is definitely the most prominent.
0: I think that's interesting. The chemicals that you brought that up, because that was uh, what uh, we, we posted these two OSHA reports that have recently come out over the last year or two here. Uh, one from true leaf and one from cure leaf that weren't Lorna McMurray and they weren't respi- uh, respiratory uh, One was someone who, who had gotten uh, an electrical charge through their body and the other one was about chemicals, uh, which I don't think a lot of people think of or realize when we're thinking about big cannabis facilities. What are the chemicals like? What are the risks like? This seemed like it was a chlorine complaint. What, what kind of chemicals are, are an issue?
1: Yeah, I can't speak to that that um, OSHA inspection that you brought up, but the chemicals could be, you know, what they're used for primarily is sanitization. Uh, cleaning the rooms. Once a new batch is done, uh, you completely have to clear out the room and scrub the tables down, uh, make sure nothing is left. And those chemicals could be harsh cleaning agents. Um, They could be, you know, really concentrated chemicals where the right PPE is required, and the person making those PPE selections, uh, whether it's gloves or goggles, whatever it might be, respirators, uh, that person really needs to be qualified and know what the hazards are of that chemical. And how you find that information is you look at the SDS, the safety data sheet of the chemical, and every uh, material that's brought into an operating facility must have an SDS. It's required by law that the manufacturer attaches it to any new chemical or any new materials that are purchased. And then those SDSs or safety data sheets have to be available to employees, um, available either printed out uh, in their language that they speak, English, or if English is not their primary language, and they need to be communicated to employees. And that should be done really on day one. Um, They have to be trained before they could be exposed to that chemical.
0: Do you think that's happening?
1: Well, I don't know. I haven't been in the industry in a year, but it sounds like based on, you know, listening to your show for the past few months and the employees that have been coming on and sharing stories and talking about it, it sounds like more training is needed and more attention needs to be given to it.
0: And what about the uh, respiratory? Because we hear that a lot. Um, What do you think that's from? Do you have any idea? Like, is it, do you think it's mold or the particle count, lack of ventilation? Um, Allergy is another one that people say. Like, what what do you think it is? Do you have any, like, insight on what it could be or any, you know, where we should be looking for that info? Well, I
1: would start with the safety data sheet always. A safety data sheet has... 16 different sections. And the reliable thing about a safety data sheet is that you can look at it in any language and it should have the same format. And it should, it's called the Globally Harmonized System GHS. Uh, it should be available and to be understood no matter where you are in the world. Um, so look at the safety data sheet and that will tell you what the respiratory hazards could be of a chemical. Um, Respiratory hazards could be from airborne particulate, or it could be from vapors. So when selecting respirators, it's really important to have a qualified person uh, making that decision. Respirators could be in the form of a half face mask where it covers half of your face and it's a tight fitting mask. It could be a full face mask. Those two things offer different protection levels you have something called an air purification or an air protection uh, factor. And if you're wearing a different respirator, it's gonna protect you in different ways. So a full face might offer more protection than a half face respirator. Um, And just like a dust mask, that only offers particulate uh, protection. So if you're working with chemicals, you have a, a vapor hazard in the air you have to know what type of respirator to wear. And that usually comes from a safety manager making those decisions, or at the very least, someone who is qualified to make that decision, meaning they've had OSHA training or something like that, a supervisor that knows the hazards of their area. And there's also, you know, different respirators, like a powered air purifying respirator. Uh, This is one that is attached to a battery, and it covers your entire face with a hood. And it's a lot more comfortable to wear because, you know, there's, there's limitations of respirators. Uh, You know, you have, if it's a tight fitting respirator, you can't have any facial hair. So, you know, for personal preference, a lot of employees don't want to completely shave their face to wear a tight fitting respirator. So that's where something like a PAPR or a powered air purifying respirator comes in and that's a lot more comfortable. You also have to consider the environment that um, employees are wearing these respirators in. If it's a cultivation employee, a lot of times they're in a hot, humid room, and if they're scrubbing tables after uh, you know a batch is removed or plants are removed and they're completely cleaning out the room, it could be a really hot, uncomfortable environment. Um, that's where you have to consider, you know, all those factors. And then there's also a medical clearance that all employees have to go through. You can't just hand someone a respirator, they have to be fit tested if it's a tight fitting respirator. And then they also have to undergo a medical clearance, meaning they answer questions about their health to see if they are a candidate that can wear a respirator. A lot of times um, employee, well, it's very rare, actually, if A person has, you know, something, uh, you know, I don't know, it could be, they could have asthma, they could have a heart condition that doesn't allow them to wear a tight-fitting respirator because quite honestly, it restricts your breathing and it can um, put too many stress factors on your body. And then lastly, um, after undergoing all that clearance, employees have to be trained. They have to know, when to change out filters of a respirator. Uh, they have to know how to do a, a seal check to make sure that the fit is correct if it is a tight-fitting respirator. If it's not a tight-fitting respirator, they have to make sure um, of other things like they're donning and doffing correctly because when you take off a respirator, it could have um, you know particulate inside. That's the hazard that you're trying to protect yourself from. Um, you know, there's a lot that goes into it and it really takes a qualified person making sure that employees get all this information and that they undergo the right clearance.
0: See, the problem I, I when I hear about um, that they needed the, the, the doctor to, you know, check it out and all, all of that, it sounds great. I think that's ideal. But I also hear from the employees where they say they don't get access because they never get the training. Or the doctor or and it gets pushed back and they just every month it's next month every month it's like elon musk's uh, full service driving that never comes out it's like it just never happens and they never get that respirator how, how do how do how does an employee like deal with that when that happens to them what well, would your I- advice to them be i guess too
1: well i will say it's it's required by law to you know, OSHA, Occupational Safety and Health Administration, that is the law that oversees worker safety, you know, as we know. And it's not required by law to wear a respirator, but it is required by law for the employer to protect employees from hazards in the air. So I also wanna mention that PPE is a last resort um, for employee protection employers and operators should not rely on respirators to be given to employees as the main protection source i mean first you should look towards eliminating a hazard to to begin with meaning use a less harsh chemical or you know the next step is to put in some engineering controls like make sure making sure ventilation is adequate and having you know those things in place are better protection factors than a respirator. Like I talked about all the limitations of wearing one inside a hot room. So I think employees should know all of that information and should, they can now ask their, I mean, they shouldn't have to ask, but in order to protect themselves, like asking about engineering controls and ventilation equipment, things like that are available as well. And should and I, be looked at first.
0: And I think if an employer isn't uh, answering those questions, maybe drop a complaint to OSHA too. I mean, they take anonymous complaints on health and safety. I, would that, do you think that would qualify? What do you think?
1: Complaints to OSHA are, you know, the whistleblower poster has to be posted in a conspicuous area um, that's required by law. And that gives employees information for how to report or whistleblow if they know that, you know, their safety isn't being considered or they can't get the protections that they need to. I also want to note that there's other resources available to, to learn all this information and you know, i can't really speak for my time in the industry but being such a new industry only a few years old a lo- there's a lot of misinformation that goes around and even supervisors and managers uh, can use resources that other states have that massachusetts might not doesn't have right now um, other states have protections um, not necessarily protections but more resources available for employees online. And I would start there, I would start looking through, you know, what Colorado has done, I would maybe ask my employer, you know, to get an OSHA training class available for a 10 hour or 30 hour course like color, sorry, like California and Nevada um, have required their supervisors and managers in the cannabis industry to be OSHA trained. That is a baseline for you know, having the right people educated. If you're a supervisor and manager, it's your, your responsibility to, you know, know these things so you can educate the employees that report to you. So and this you, is a, you recommended
0: here. this guide, this guide to worker safety and health in the marijuana industry from the uh, state of Colorado.
1: Yeah. I think this is a great resource to start with. If you, you're interested in learning about worker safety in the cannabis industry. I printed out this into like a a little booklet and I've referred to it as a resource so many times. So you asked me about the hazards in the industry and this goes through every single hazard from carbon dioxide, pesticides, disinfectants, uh, corrosive chemicals, compressed gas, ergonomics, it basically goes through list by list and tells you what the federal standards are, uh, what the state standards are, at least for Colorado. Best practices, and you know, you know what to do, what to have in your program.
0: Massachusetts you should definitely check it out. Yeah, I. Think I- we- Yeah. I think we should start looking at all the models for all of this stuff. You know, I like Maine's model for certain things, but for health and safety, this seems like a natural Colorado has this guide. I don't know why people aren't talking about this a lot more.
1: There's a lot to learn from it. Um, It's a great place to start. And I'd like to see the CCC develop more resources for workers online I mean, I've listened to January's uh, CCC meeting and their director, Sean Collins, talked about, you know, the limitations between, you know, OSHA being a federal regulator, you know, what the CCC is equipped to do and not do. Um, there are states that have state-run OSHA programs, like the West Coast, uh, California, Nevada, Oregon, and I think Washington all have state run OSHA programs. Massachusetts only has an OSHA program for public workers or state workers, not for private industry. But mm. Colorado, similarly, does not have a state run OSHA program. This was put together by their Department of Public Health. So I think Massachusetts could, you know, incorporate something very similar or just you know, take this as well.
0: 78 pages of like doc. I mean, we just went through it. You could see all the annotations. They cover all the topics. If you're a cannabis control commissioner listening to the show, you should be checking this out. Um, And sometimes they do. It seemed like they were listening uh, during that period of time. Uh, I'm glad you brought that uh, cannabis control commission hearing up do you feel like they're going to do anything like from what what you viewed like i know how i feel about it at this point what do you feel about that whole thing
1: i'm hopeful that things will change i think they have to i think that this industry is not sustainable in massachusetts the way it's been operating for you know a number of reasons not limited to worker safety but specifically on worker safety i think change is happening and i have to remain hopeful that they're going to incorporate things like this. And, you know, I'd, I'd like to think they just don't know about this, but it would be good to see more something created in maybe the staffing requirements for, you know, there's so many requirements that go into a business licensing application and worker safety is basically not mentioned in it. And, you know, something like just establishing a worker health and safety program, having requirements for having a safety and health plan, having, you know, even these, these especially these large multi-state operators, I think the CCC should require that they have to have in their staffing plan, not just a compliance position, but someone who's trained and qualified um, to be in a safety position. I love so that, that can be something they add to their, you know, business application now.
0: I love that. And that's what I'm looking for too. Um, you know what, when I said I was pumped up earlier, I like, and I say, I always have a mission, but beyond that, even a mission, I feel like Saskia gave us like a roadmap for a lot of this stuff right now. And, and really like a wake up call, like we can ask the cannabis control commission to do things and they may or may not, but we can also ask their bosses, and ultimately we need to figure out what we want in bills and start pushing bills and hitting up the attorney general and the governor and, and just going to the entire state, like full frontal. And I want to know what we should have in the bill. And that's a perfect example of something to ask for that would help, which is to just bandaid MSOs. If you're over a certain size, if you have an over a certain amount of, um, I don't know, shelf space or dollar sales, we'll do it on sales. Uh, you know, you have to have someone who's a dedicated health and safety professional in that place running and, and covering it just like they do with compliance. That that makes so much sense. Thank you for that, Liz. That's like, that's what we need. We need, think, we yeah. go ahead, I, Liz.
1: I think also having a safety and health plan, like part one of this guide is just establishing a safety and health program. I mean, you can, you Get can use plan. it yep. word for word. I mean, the CCC should also require, in their business application, to write out a safety and health plan for you know all businesses. That means having management commitment is important. You know, I agree. I think there should be a safety position for you know, especially these large multi-state operators. It should be a requirement. But that doesn't necessarily solve the problem because it really takes commitment from leadership to make sure that, you know, they're gonna follow the OSHA regulations. It's written into the CCC regulations that, you know, all OSHA regulations must be followed, but that, you know, based on what I've heard (laughs) on your show, that hasn't really been happening. So having a health and safety program, making that a requirement as well, you know, and that includes, like I said, management commitment, worker participation, having a hazard identification program, a way to assess hazards, um, a way to select the correct PPE, and then also requiring training, having a training program, what that includes. Um, and that should definitely include hazard communication, because that's the Right to Know Act, and PPE and emergency response procedures. Those are probably the top three.
0: I love it. This is this is uh, dynamite. Like, This is exactly what we need. Um, I want to thank you for coming on and sharing all of this information. We're starting to get some comments. Lou, uh, Louis Rinaldi, who uh, he's a guest on a lot of shows too. He's a really strong advocate in Connecticut. I think he's up for an award too at the uh, New England Cannabis Convention, the uh, poll that they do. He's up for Cannabis uh, Activist of the Year in Connecticut, I believe, which is well-deserved. He writes, I appreciate you doing this tonight. Thank you, Lou. Um, I want to ask you, because, you know, there are, you know, these safety resources that we're talking about tonight. Um, what are, like, are there other states doing things like this that you're talking about? Like, has this been mandated in other states that they, I mean, obviously Colorado did do a guide, which, which we want to see in Massachusetts. These other things that you're talking about, ha- have, it, has it been done in uh, other states?
1: So Nevada is another state that requires their supervisors and managers to have an OSHA training course. I don't remember if it's either a 10 hour class or a 30 hour class, but they do require their supervisors and managers to have that training. And that training is, you know, a lot of what I've talked about tonight. And it's, it's a training for the general industry. So hazards that would take place in general industry manufacturing environments. Nevada required that. And I think Massachusetts should follow suit. Um, Oregon also has some really good online resources available to everyone. Even if you're not in that state, it's really good to familiarize yourself with them and educate yourself with those free resources. Um, Those are the states I know that have taken steps but I think there's a lot more that Massachusetts can do and it's not reinventing the wheel.
0: It's not reinventing the wheel. Thank you so much. We have Liz here. Uh, She's an occupational uh, safety, health and safety expert in Massachusetts in the cannabis field. She's worked in the field. So uh, presenting solutions. You could tell like uh, we had a comment just now come in uh, from Caleb and I mean, you can tell by the conversation, he says, never thought I'd be fascinated by a conversation about respirators. Great stuff. Like Liz, you like totally blew it away on respirators. I've never heard a, like you, you really do know what you're talking about.
1: Well, I've been doing this for seven years, you know, studying it for 10 years. I'm so passionate about worker health and safety. I was really excited to get into the cannabis industry and, use my skills in an industry that, you know, excites me. So yeah, I've been been working on this and implementing respirator requirements was one of the first things I noticed that this industry needs the most.
0: Uh, you also talked about Lorna McMurray earlier. You mentioned her and how you kind of started listening to the show. Um, did you also tell me, I think you're like the second guest maybe in a row or maybe two out of three of the guests that said you're the same age that Lorna was when she passed away around the same age. Is that right?
1: At the time she passed, I believe. Yeah, she was 27. I Correct me if I'm wrong. No, she was. She was I was at the time. Yeah. And that's, you know, that was 30 miles away, give or take. I mean, Massachusetts is a small state, so that was too close. To home and you know in a different situation it just could have been it's just too too much of a tragedy and I can't I can't even fathom you know the heartbreak that her family feels and it's it's just it didn't need to happen and it, it hurt for that much more that we were the same age and that you know I got to celebrate a birthday and that she didn't. And that's, this just doesn't need to happen. And I think Massachusetts shouldn't wait for OSHA, you know, uh, in that meeting in, in January, the public meeting, there was a lot of talk about working with OSHA. And I think that's great that the state is working with OSHA to develop some guidelines. But, you know, famously the, in safety professionals and the safety world, OSHA took I think 40 years to develop a silica standard and they took a long time to develop the most recent beryllium standard, I think was just finalized a couple of years ago. OSHA is notoriously slow for updating standards and there's just no time to wait.
0: Yeah. It's like, you know, we don't, and especially we didn't wait for the feds to legalize cannabis. Like, it's the same example. I mean, it's a perfectly the same idea. Like, Massachusetts is supposed to... You know, there's certain states, I believe, that should be the leaders on this stuff. And it's obvious. You know, New York, Massachusetts, New Jersey, California, you know, Seattle, Washington. You know the states. They're leaders on things. And and we're not leading on this. It's That's such a great point. Thank you, Liz, on that, too.
1: Yeah, such a progressive state. And we're so behind the ball on this one. And that's why I say you know, to the CCC, don't wait for OSHA, do what other States are doing, try to incorporate that. You can incorporate it now and just provide resources to workers now.
0: And not only did, uh, you know, it's February now, but not only was it the one year anniversary for Lorna, uh, passed it away in January for the family and the mom and the, and the cousin and the aunt and the stepdad and the whole family and all the friends and family, uh, Yesterday was her, was her birthday, uh, or tw- the 29th. I'm sorry, not yesterday, the 29th. It was a week ago. So I'm reading the comment now. I'm pretty sure this is uh, from her cousin that we know that calls into the show. She's awesome. She says, yesterday was my sister's cousin's. She, that's what she calls her. her. 29th birthday would have been. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm screwing it up. <laughs> Someone who's so <laughs> up tonight, I'm screwing everything up. Yesterday was my sister cousin's 29th would have been. So it's been hard. Thank you, Liz. Now I'm confused. I'm, now I'm confusing myself. Was the birthday on the 29th or was she tw- going to be 29? I don't know. You know what? It makes sense. Actually, that does make sense because when Lorna passed away, she would have been 27. This year she would have been 28, right? Yeah. 29. I think that makes sense. I think I figured it out. It's me. I'm I'm screwed up tonight. Thank you, Liz. A math person, you, you were like, this guy is dumb tonight. <laughs> um, thank you so much for the comments. Thank you, Liz. Anything last that you want to leave uh, for, like if a cannabis control commissioner or legislator, somebody like that is listening right now, is there anything that you think that they should hear that they haven't heard? Or even just for the general community of activists, we have a lot of activists that listen. Uh, even from other states, C- Caleb uh, also posted, he's also up for Activist of the Year of Vermont at that award show. He wrote, uh, never thought I'd be fascinated by, oh, we already read that one. Sorry, I thought he had a new one. He did, but I think I lost it. Uh, but a- anything for them, Liz?
1: I think just to reiterate, this is a great resource, this one on your screen, the Guide to Worker Safety and Health in the Marijuana Industry, written by the Colorado Department of Public Health. Um, and environment. This is a great resource. It's not the only resource. The NFPA has started um, establishing guidelines for extraction safety as well. That's a huge one. Um, that this book right here, like you said, it's seventy something pages. It's very easy to read. It's very straightforward. It's a great place to start if you're looking to, you know, start learning about worker safety. In the cannabis industry
0: awesome i'm glad we have it on the screen the guide to worker safety and health in the marijuana industry um it's funny i always say go with your gut go with your first instinct i was right i should have read it right that way february 6th was her birthday yesterday was her birthday so and yeah she would have been 29
1: i'm
0: sorry oh man It, it is it's This is real for, you know, for the family. I've become close to this family too. So it's, uh, it's, it's it's difficult. So we're going to keep fighting for her and fighting for the workers. I want to thank you so much, Liz, uh, for being here tonight. I know that we, we did talk about, uh, how to, you know, what mass should do to adopt and improve worker safety and cannabis. I think we got everything on a list. I think we nailed it all. Did we? I think so. Yeah. I mean, I, I screwed things up, but we got, we like, you are awesome. And that's what, that's what the show is, is the guests being awesome. We only bring awesome guests on. So Liz, I want to thank you because this is your first time being on the show. Um, I know sometimes it's nerve wracking being on these shows for folks. Uh, how, how did you feel? Do you feel good? Do you feel happy about it?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think there's momentum. The conversation is, is gaining more you know, more and more people and it's important and I'm hopeful for these changes to happen. And I'm hopeful for Massachusetts to start doing more and the conversation to expand more. I really do think that, you know, change is coming.
0: Let me ask you uh, for, I'm going to ask you and ask everybody because this is for me advice. Um, I, for some of this stuff, it's come to a path where we could, I can, get maybe these small little returns from the cannabis control commission that we're asking for maybe. <laughs> um, but you gotta be really nice and kind of, which we've been trying to do, but I feel like we need to be a lot stronger on stuff and like go on the offensive. How do you feel about that? Like, What do you think this show should be doing? Do you think we should play wicked nice with them or, or go towards more aggressive or maybe somewhere in the middle?
1: You know, I think just sharing as much information as possible and continuing to discuss what needs to be discussed and what's important in worker safety in this industry and just not backing down. I mean, it it's been what four years since the industry has existed in Massachusetts. And I'm not in the industry anymore. So I don't know what's happened in the last year. I don't know if it's getting better from the from the stories and the workers that have shared on your show it doesn't seem like a lot's getting better at all so i think just being relentless until change happens
0: i think that's that's exactly what i'm hearing so thank you so much for reinforcing that liz thank you so much for sharing your time And being here i know you're a morning person and it's these shows are difficult at night i don't think people realize until you're you know until you're live doing one you're like oh my god i have to be up now and it's late so thank you so much liz
1: yeah thank you
0: we're the young jerks and you know i was hoping to get danny he was here um i think i lost him i was hoping to do a crossover but i'm gonna stay up a little longer i want to thank you so much for coming on liz And I'm going to let you go for the evening. Thank you so much. Thank you. We're the young jerks. My name is Mike Crawford. Uh, That was a great conversation. I'm hoping to uh, get Danny back up here. If he calls back in, we had him earlier. I should have just brought him up. Um, Hmm. Let me text him. I don't want to lose everyone. Let's see if Danny comes up because I do want to mention no matter what. Well, let's see if we get, you know what? Let's see if I can do the screen share. This is what I'm going to do. All right, here we go. There's a meeting happening this Friday at 7 p.m., since that meeting with Saskia, uh, Van James and the Mass Recreational Consumer Council, the forum they put together, uh, Danny has created a new, uh, Facebook group and he has an event coming up this Friday night at 7 p.m., Mass Cannabis Workers Union meeting one. You can definitely join the group and, uh, you know, join the event, uh, this Friday night. I'm hoping to get Danny. I think I had a miscommunication on what time I was actually bringing him up tonight, but, uh, hoping to talk to him about what's going on too but even if he doesn't come up i mean i think that people should just go to this and, and sign up for it please and join this because i think there's going to be a lot more happening and organizing happening in that group and and just a good community already has started up he just started this group and there's a lot of people who seem like they're very interested in helping so join the community it's on facebook i also want to talk about some of the things that just been on my mind lately that I maybe haven't talked about enough in the cannabis industry. And just what, one of the things is looking at Maine where I go, where I risk, you know, the law by being an outlaw and going up to Maine and bringing, bringing stuff back. I'm admitting to, to possible crime. Did I do that? Do people do that? I think they do. Um, And it just, you know, why is Maine so much better than Massachusetts? And I, it seems to come down just to the caregiver law and talking to Saskia and a lot of the other folks last week and over the last few weeks, the growers, the consumers and the workers in this industry. It seems like we do have a great need to create something different, create something that's not large cannabis is the only option for employment, something that people can actually own and it doesn't take three to five years to open. And that's what they did in Maine. They have 3,000 caregivers up there. Everyone that is a caregiver can sell to customers, patients, or dispensaries. And you basically, it takes 30 days to open. The licensing process is literally 30 days. Massachusetts, people are waiting three to five years to be able to serve a patient. And then they want to call something social equity to fix this, this problem. It's not enough. We need to do a lot more. And I think that includes things like allowing people to sell directly what they grow, uh, whether it's the small scale, six to 12 plants at home, or if you want to go, you know, a step up and have licenses for caregivers and allow them to do it. But it's got to be similar to a main model where we're licensing everybody. 30 days, you can be in business. That's what we need in this industry. And I think that's what I want to talk about a lot more. So hopefully Sunday night, we're planning to have a forum with some caregivers for Maine to find out why it's so much better in Maine, why the prices are better, but even more than that, why the selection is better, why the business is better, why the fact that you could actually see your grower in Maine and do commercial transactions with them. And it's a legal transaction. Why can't we do that in Massachusetts? Why are we keeping our local growers illegal? Make them legal. Legalize everybody. It's about time, Massachusetts. And there's going to be desperate times. There are desperate times coming up in this industry. We're seeing it. And the MSOs, they're not going to want this. But the people can force this. And anyone talking about social equity, that isn't talking about licensing thousands of caregivers in 30 days or less like Maine does. Is full of shit. And I'm going to start calling that out too, because I'm just tired of uh, pretending social equity, just using the word social equity, a social equity fund. That's the new one. And I'm not even against the fund. I supported the fund. I like the idea of the fund. I, I think it's going to help some people. But I think that when you limit the discussion to the social equity fund, it's not the be all end all. It's allowing government and a bureaucracy to decide who are the winners or losers. It looks like, which we saw saw happen in Boston and another situation in the artist community, which didn't turn out so well for one business, at least. So we need more than that. We need to basically do what Maine has done and allow everyone that wants to be in business to be allowed to be in business 30 days. It's not that there's no regulation. You still have to follow the regulations. You still have to follow the rules. You still have to apply. You still have to jump through some hoops. But they don't ring you out for three to five years while you're trying to open. It's three. It's 30 days. And I'm sure that sometimes it's a little longer than 30 days. But from what I hear, the average is 30 days, sometimes even less. We can change this. We just have to be on it. And we have to start like not just uh, settling for a social equity fund. It's like I said this on Facebook, a social equity fund, the whole idea of social equity at this point is like a bandaid after, you know, offering someone a bandaid after they got shot 50 times. Like we need way more than a bandaid at this point. And I know that even the idea of this at this point is going to cause problems with people's businesses because they've, They expected to sell a certain amount of marijuana at a certain price. And that's already not happening. And if you license all these other folks that I want to license. But you know what? It's not about that. It's about allowing everyone to have a fear. Go at it. Which hasn't happened. And it's about if you want to do social equity, let's do social equity. Let's let everyone, black and brown people, open. You know, I know people who are black and brown who have money who still haven't been able to open. And they've spent millions of dollars trying to get to this point. And some of them are like at the final final finish line, and they're still being held up for stupid shit. So this has got to end. Uh, and the way that we end it is I'm convinced, is allow everyone to get in the market immediately. Word up. Just like they do in Maine. And do it the same thing for adult use. Like you know in Maine, their medical is awesome. Their adult use is like Massachusetts. It kind of sucks. So I'm talking about doing the main caregiver medical model for the entire state of Massachusetts for the medical side, the medical side in Massachusetts, no one is opening anymore. It's not worth it. It's a dying thing. So number one, they should allow caregivers to, we have caregivers right now in Massachusetts legally, but they're not able to really profit or sell their labor even They're only able to recoup a certain amount. It's not a business. We need to allow them to be businesses. We need to allow them to serve the patients, the better products at the cheaper prices, and create more jobs, and help the folks who are poor in Massachusetts actually do some social equity for folks. Like allowing, you know, a few rich guys or gals of a certain uh, complexion to open is only doing so much for them I mean I'm not against them I'm, I'm happy for them Because a lot of times They're the first of their family They're the first of their kind You know and these are very good people I like those folks But it's limited We need to expand it to everyone We need to share the wealth And we need to create a wealth And I feel like the reason why Maine kicks ass Is because there's so much wealth in it For everybody I read some more comments. Absolutely did not need to happen. Word up round of applause. And I believe just earlier, Mike posted about someone being electrocuted. I agree fully. It's time to get way out in front of this before we have another tragedy. Yeah, we posted some more OSHA complaints today. And that's the thing, like people that want to be in the industry, they don't have a choice. They're working for these companies like this that just don't give a shit about them. And they don't do any of the training that Liz was talking about tonight. We had this other comment. I think I might have posted it earlier. I'll post it again anyways. Things are going to change. It's the only constant in life aside from taxes. That came from a, a Facebook user. Another Facebook user posts, caregivers are essential. Yeah, they are. So why don't we make them legal? Why don't we make them able to serve customers at a profit? Just like they do in Maine. We should just copy whatever Maine is doing on medical. We should copy it. We're going to find out Sunday night. We're going to have some caregivers on. If you don't believe the discussion that I'm bringing tonight, we're going to talk to the experts on Sunday and find out how does Maine actually do it? Why is their product so much better? Why are so many people allowed to actually be in the industry right away? What What's the special sauce that no one else has? And why aren't, you know, a lot of these procrast you know, these, these talking heads, that do all the cannabis business shows. Why aren't they talking about Maine? Why are they afraid of to talk about Maine? Uh Caleb writes, yes, dude, any conversation about social equity that doesn't involve expanding the caregiver program and direct to consumer sales is just fluff and puff. Seriously. And I also think another one, um the Kim Napoli brought me this one. It makes so much sense is to allow the adult use growers and operators to also sell the the medical side. That's, I mean, this, there, there are roadblocks in this industry that make no sense at this point in Massachusetts. And that's where the cannabis control commission needs to get radical. I don't think they will. So I think we need a bill. I think we're going to have to work on a bill. I think we need to go to the state house and I think we need to change the law. And I think that this is going to get so ugly that a lot of these reps are going to come to us and they're going to ask us like they always do. And they go, Mike, what should we do? I would love to have a bill. And I think that uh, we have an idea of what the bill should be uh, both for workers, for growers, for consumers. Another comment came in. Uh, Facebook user right? "Don't depend on OSHA for anything. They'll just settle on half of what was originally fined or reduce the fines. It makes absolutely no sense. That's what they do over and over again." You know what I'm going to try to do is I I might try to see if I can call Danny on the phone. That might be an idea. I'll ambush Danny right now because I I do I want to get Danny on the show tonight. He was waiting patiently on the stream yard earlier. I should have got him up. I got so caught into uh, Liz's conversation. It was good stuff tonight. I'm gonna turn the Bluetooth on and I'm gonna try to ambush Danny with a phone call right now and see if we can get him on the phone. Is that connected? I think that is. Let's see if we could pull out uh pull out Danny, because I want to get Danny on the show tonight. Hopefully so I don't interrupt anything. Uh oh. Uh oh. Well, I guess that's not going to work out. His phone's not picking up. He must have had something that he had to do. I should have talked to him earlier. Let me check his messages too. Maybe he. Oh, here he is. Uh, he's having issues with his Wi Fi he's a four year old yelling at him. Uh, I guess it's not his night. Uh, he's sorry. He said uh, the interview is going great and he loved Liz. All right. Thank you, Danny. I hope, uh, man, I don't know what I would do. Uh, I I definitely wouldn't try to do an interview with having a four year old there. So (laughs) I I can appreciate that big time. Danny, I have trouble sometimes just with my little dog, but he's upstairs tonight, but we will definitely have Danny on, uh, one of the next episodes, maybe on Sunday night, Sunday night, big show. I can't wait. We're going to have a big show on Sunday night with some main caregivers, Find out what makes Maine so much better than Massachusetts. Like the actual rules. I don't want to just hear the platitudes. We're going to get into the nitty gritty on what the differences are. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm, I'm going to play. Uh, hopefully. Yeah. We're going to close out with the video, the video that we opened with tonight. And it's basically again, announcing our show. And I just thought of the the venue. I couldn't think of it before I told you I would reveal the venue. So Sunday, May 7th, we, we haven't even completed the full lineup or anything. We don't have tickets for sale. They won't be on sale for at least another month. But we're going to have an event Sunday, May 7th. We're telling you first. Somerville, Massachusetts, mark your calendars. It's the Young Jerks Cannabis Awards show. I'm Looking forward to this. The first one that we did, the first award show was pretty banging. I gotta admit, we didn't even put much into it, and it turned out fire. It was like, wow, it was pretty amazing. Uh, so I'm expecting more of the same. We'll see, but I mean, you never know. Sometimes the sequel doesn't live up to the first one, so we shall see. But I, I, it looks, it's looking good already. We just started uh working on this thing Sunday, May 7th. The Young Jerks Cannabis Workers Award show. If you have any interest in sponsorship opportunities, we're looking to hook up our workers. There are a lot of good folks that have stepped forward this year. We want to make sure that we're awarding them. We want to make sure that our sponsors are awarding them. There's a lot of different opportunities for small and large businesses to get involved in this. So if you do want to get involved, if you do want to sponsor hit me up immediately because uh, time is going to run out on the promotion. And you definitely have to get out in pretty damn soon. Um, it's an event that we're doing for the industry workers. It's going to be free, free admission for any badged Massachusetts cannabis industry worker. We're working that out with the venue, <laughs> doing a lot of special things at this event. And we want to make sure that people know about this. But not only that, if you want to sponsor it, hit us up right now. Uh, I'm really looking forward to that. And also, uh, we got some other things going on too uh, with Danny's he got a new group that we're going to talk more, much more about. So a lot of exciting uh, events happening. Oh, I still haven't announced it. i it's in Somerville Davis square. It's at the Rockwell look up this little, nice little theater. It's a fun little venue. I'm looking forward to this. Uh, been there before and I, I am, I'm looking forward to, I, I actually it's weird how you sometimes think about venues. I was thinking about doing this event and I was like, I, I thought of this venue as like, this might be the perfect venue to do it in. And then my former producer called me up. This is, this is my life lately. Even when I have a setback my produce, my this is exactly what I, I was thinking of the venue to do the event. And he calls me up and says, Hey, you want to do an event at this place called the Rockwell? And I'm like, I don't know the Rockwell. And then he's like, look it up. It's a Davis square. It's some of it. I'm like, wait a minute. That's the venue. They changed their name. Oh, my God. So I'm in. We're looking forward to this. This is a great little venue if you've been there before. It's the uh, little comedy theater in Davis Square, Somerville. It's really a fun place. I'm really looking forward to doing this. Uh, Sunday, May 7th for the workers. We're going to be honoring Lona McMurray as well. So you definitely want to put that on your calendar. Um, I'm also looking forward to Sunday night. We've got a big event coming up. We're going to talk about Maine as well. Uh, we have a few more comments coming in. Young Jerks Award shows. Uh, Facebook user seems excited about it as I am. Uh, woo woo! Young Jerks Award. Better than the Grammys. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to be better than the Grammys. The Grammys are pretty good. I mean, if you like that kind of thing. You know. Well, Harry Styles, Beyonce, you know, I, I did watch. I never usually watch that stuff, but. You know, me and my girl trying to spend some time together. And we're like, yeah, we can watch this together. It's one of those things. We enjoyed it. I know a lot of people hate the Grammys. A lot of people love it, but we did watch it. But uh, someone said, no, it's way better than the Grammys. It probably is actually like for me. I don't know about you. I guess it is for some of you. That's what counts. It will be better for the workers than the Grammys. Let's put it that way going to be a fun event. We want to really uh, give back to the workers that night. So we're hoping you could show up, support it. But more than that, if you uh, have a business and you want to promote it, hit us up. You have a campaign, anything, hit us up. My name is Mike Crawford. This is The Young Jerks. I want to thank Liz for calling in tonight. I want to uh, thank Danny for messaging me and letting me know he had to go early. I'm sorry we didn't get him on the show. Uh, Definitely going to have him back. But again, check out. He has this event coming up. I want to make sure that you do check out his event. Check out the new Facebook group. Uh, The Facebook uh, event is called Mass Cannabis Workers Union Meeting One. Uh, It's Mass Cannabis Workers is the new Facebook group. Please join it. Again, my name is Mike Crawford. We are the Young Jerks. We will see you again on Sunday night. Thank you, everyone. See you soon.